Good afternoon, friends. Tis another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, and I mean that truly and sincerely. Got to ride my bike today, so that counts for something. We'll spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics, as is our want. We're going to throw in a little sports and entertainment today, some crime, a little safety, and a little more politics. How's that sound? Uber producer Dan Peters is here in studio to keep you updated on the latest news and weather, as you heard at the top of the hour. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, out driving around on this beautiful day, streamed live on KSO.com or the brand new, spanking new, always needed KSOO mobile app. That's the particular KSOO mobile app. You just go into your app store and you search KSOO and you get that app and you get one touch streaming of this program and any of the other fine programming here on KSOO, including Chad and Beth in the morning. Main Street Cafe from 5 to 8 a.m. And remember, you can always follow along on Facebook live or on our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. So it's coming up. St. Patrick's Day is on Saturday. And as you know, we've been gearing up here on the program, getting ready for the big holiday. At, at a former publication of mine way back in the day, Dan, way back in the day, at Tempest. Tempest Founders Day coming up. Oh, look at you pulled that right out. I know it. Nice, yes. I remember last year Temper- you were you were a fill-in host. That's right. And and St. Patrick's Day was Tempest Founders Day. That's see, Dan, that's why you are Uber producer Dan Peters. Ah, the Saints Preservus. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm impressive. Yeah, that was uh, you know, Tempest Founders Day. And this year the Temper Tempest Founders Day and the actual parade, also known as St. Patrick's Day Parade, is on the same day. How about that? Saturday, St. Patrick's Day. It's gonna be awesome. That's massive. It's gonna be great. And the weather, as you were just doing the weather, it's looking good, man. It is looking good for the parade. And also, brass holes. Brass holes might play. Might might play. Nothing. Nothing firm yet. Uh, we're going to have to get something from Phil on this weather report. We're not going to be wandering around down there with a tuba in some stiff winds or anything like that. That's no fun for anybody. Yeah, that's still yet to be determined. It's it's kind of hard to really pinpoint wind gusts right. seven right. or at least five days out. Yeah, I, I don't expect any weather professional to be able to do that. And to do so would be folly. So we're not going to ask Phil about that necessarily. But we'll get an update. And, uh, uh, you know, I got my confidence got raised last week by that South Dakota business leaders have talent thing playing uh, roll out the barrel, real barrel polka. And now now I'm feeling like I can play pretty much anything again. Now, I know you've told your <laughs> stories of the times when you were playing in the tuba section. Yes. At the University of South Dakota. Yep. Well, my time during when it was Dakota's finest, mm-hmm. our tuba section, they played the Carpenters. <laughs> they played, they want to be close to you. They oh did. My God. That was their serenade. That's pretty good. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, that 
They would they would take out the twirlers and they would do that to the twirlers. That's nice. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good. That's good shtick right there. Absolutely. We'll see if the brass holes can get it together this week. We'll talk to uh, the Boon Man tomorrow and get some sort of direction on that. I'm not I'm I'm not getting a hundred percent confidence from the Boon Man, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, also, uh, I did I think last week I talked about uh, my brother's act, and I he's playing down at uh, Woodgrain. My brother is playing. He's also a tuba player, but he's playing accordion in this thing. And uh, uh, I found out the name of it, though. It's called Moxton Road KMRIA Edition. I don't know. Kamira. I don't know if that's a word or if it's just an abbreviation. I don't know. I learned it on Facebook from every, just like everybody else. But so it's a trio. It's 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 a, a, a accordion, banjo, and a female vocalist with the drum, the Irish drum. And so they'll be playing some Irish music down at uh, 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 Woodgrain on Saturday. I think that's like at one, two, something like that. Uh, and we we may uh, the brass holes might horn in on that deal. Oh, very nice. That could be pun fun. intended. Yeah, just sort of just just show up and start playing. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go over really well. Well, I wasn't expecting some sort of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Who expects the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, another note on the uh, parade and everything and St. Patrick's Day, we are going to have uh, Parade Marshal Pat Murphy on later this week. Very good. I think that's Thursday. So that'll be kind of our primer. And then on Friday, I got a spot open that's got to be some sort of St. Patrick's Day deal. I just I reserve the spot. We may just play, you know, it may be like selected rebel songs or uh, selected drinking songs or just, you know, like. Irish snippets. Maybe we'll uh, get Hudson. Hudson's on Wednesday, and I know he is looking at doing his uh, little online radio show on uh, new Irish rock music. So we'll see what he's put together. That'll be good. So there's little bits here and there all week in honor of Tempest Founders Day, also known as St. Patrick's Day. You know, and, and well, and uh, the smart cyclist Michael Christensen's on Thursday. And I know he's planning on running an Irishman, and I think at some point along the way, in the dark days of November, I may have agreed that I would run that with him. I hope he doesn't remember that. Oh, hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> Otherwise, he will put the screws to you. That's a, a five-miler, a 5K, and a one-mile race all on the same day. That's a lot for me right now. I don't know if I'm up for that. Let me use my bike for part of it. Speaking of bike, rode my bike in today. And it was it is beautiful out. I mean, it's only like thirty five degrees, but the sun's shining and there's hardly any wind, so it feels like you know. I know the feels like is technically like thirty, but in South Dakota, feels like in the middle of March, it feels like fifty. South Dakota feels like it's fifty. Yeah, yeah. There's the north, the National Weather Service standard, and then there's the actual people standard. Yeah, it's a wonderful day out there. It looks like it's going to be a great week. And uh, we got a great week of shows for you. Everything's booked up. We're doing a bunch of uh, city politics in the next few weeks. And uh, that's that continues today. We've got mayoral candidate Jim Eneman in here. And Jim's been on the show before, but we'll get him back and we'll start grilling him on some of these issues. And if you've got a, a question for Jim, you can call us, 338-KSOO. That's 338-5766. The phones are open. Um, and, uh, as I've said in the uh, last couple of weeks, we'll, we'll take calls whenever we can for various guests along the way. If you want to talk to mayoral candidate, Jim Eneman, just do that. He'll be in 
after Phil after the four o'clock top of the hour. So second hour, we'll be talking about city politics. But if you've got something you want to ask, go ahead and call up. Uh, uh, Dan Peters is man in the phones, and he'll try and take care of you on that if he's not doing something else at that particular moment. Also, Teddy Mueller of South Dakota Corn will be with us and, and tell us about a food drive in conjunction with the Sioux Falls Sky Force last game this week, right? No, yeah, right? and they're going to have the special corn jerseys this weekend. Oh, sweet. That's oh, Saturday yeah. night as well, right? Absolutely. There's a lot going on Saturday. Uh, the Common Man will be here to kick off this week of Weird Friends, and I know he's got some thoughts on St. Patrick's Day. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, crime. i got some things to say about crime, people. Stay tuned for that. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Everybody wants to live, but they want to live. And everybody wants to love, but they want to love. And everybody wants to be closer to free. Oh, yeah, getting closer to free on the Patrick Lally Show with the Bodines. Just a little bit, and everybody needs a chance once in a while. Everybody wants to be closer to free. Looking through the news, a couple things going on, uh, just just happening, uh, bring you up to date. One, I just saw at ArgusLear.com that uh, Sue Steele, is getting ready to vacate the downtown location that they have right there above Falls Park, which is going to be a big, big dang deal. That's 11 acres that's going to be opened up for development. Looking forward to see what's going to go in there. That's going to be that's going to be a big deal. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's that's the thing about it is that is very much a historic location uh, because it's basically built as I as I recall right on the uh, top of what used to be Saney Island, which was the early recreational spot for the city. So it's pretty good. Sue Steele's been there for 100 years, 100 years. And that's the last vestige of the industrial past, really, of that sort of area down there that's been completely redeveloped. So that'll be that'll be really fun to see what goes in there uh, with everything that's going on. The East Bank with the railroad part, that's also good. Also, this thing uh, uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, mail bombs, that's that's not good if you're following that. Then three uh, bombs, uh, mail bombs that have killed three a t- couple people, and they think they might be related. So very ominous. Uh, but I, what I want to talk to is also related to crime, and it's local. And I posted something uh, at KSO.com that you can go read. And it, ha- it it's related to uh, what you may have seen making the rounds that, you know, Sioux Falls has this soaring crime rate, okay, that we are in the top 25 cities for soaring crime. And in fact, we're number two. And it's making the social media rounds. It's making the news rounds. My advice, take a breath, okay? This is not what it appears. First of all, you got to read the story generally, and it started with the USA Today story that had the headline, 25 cities where crime is soaring. And it's based on analysis of FBI data from an organization called 24-7 Wall Street. And that's fine. Uh, I would say that the headline is technically correct, but what's lacking and what gets exaggerated on social media and probably now on the campaign trail here in the best little city in America is the context 
of the study. First, the actual crime rate in Sioux Falls, as the article points out, if you read it, is at the national average. That's the average for the entire country, not just the metropolitan areas. So we're average, okay? It's very important to keep in mind. Second, the actual rate of crime, violent crime, in 2016 in Sioux Falls is 388 per 100,000 residents. That's still below many, many cities, okay? In fact, that includes, we are below, prepare yourself here, people, Rapid City. Yes, our brother city in the Dakota has a rate of 495 violent crimes per 100,000 people in 2016. So think about three, 388 per 100,000 versus 495 per 1,000, roughly a 30% gap in actual rate of crime. 30, the, the rate of crime in Rapid City is roughly 30% higher, uh, let me do uh, 25% higher, 25% higher, quick math in my head, than it is in Sioux Falls. Now, the increase in the rate of violent crime is second over the past five years in the country. That's true, according to these numbers, and it's not to be dismissed. And it rose 80%, 80 points, 80 points from 215 per 100,000 in 2011. I'm sorry, that is 80%. So that's that's bad. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see a rise in crime, but you got to not lose bladder control over this, okay? Just again, take a breath. Compare us to the top city on the list, okay? Monroe, Louisiana. That city's rate increased by 85% compared to our 80. But look at the base numbers. The violent crime rate in Monroe, Louisiana last year was 1,187 per 100,000 residents. That means the crime rate in Monroe is three times as high as Sioux Falls per 100,000 people. Three times as high. I think it's also important to note that if you go look at the list and you go to KSO.com, find my story, read the story, we'll, we'll tweet it out. It's important to note that many of the places on the list are smaller metro areas in the Midwest, uh, uh, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, uh, places like that. That means that crime, uh, that, you know, they're in metro areas in the Midwest or at least non-coastal, and that means that violent crime can have an outsized effect on the statistics. Statistics And data are wonderful ways to find out and monitor what's happening in our community. But used for political purposes or shared fanatically on social media where nobody reads past a headline, that's the stuff upon which hysteria and paranoia are built. And already I'm seeing that. Be skeptical when our candidates for mayor and city council start saying the top priority in Sioux Falls is crime. That's short-sighted. Now, listen to what they have to say about the causes, because that's important. We shouldn't ignore crime. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, we don't ignore crime. 
in this city. We have a growing substance abuse problem. It's a problem we share with the entire country and one that needs to be addressed. We have a poverty problem in this city and that needs to be addressed. But we can't do that without a reasonable and rational discussion. Headlines alone don't promote that kind of discussion. So I'm begging you people, read just a little bit. Keep the context in mind. The increase in the rate of crime is not the same as the rate of crime. I want to reinforce a couple things. Monroe, Louisiana, top on the list at 85% increase, but their rate is 1,187 per 100,000 residents. That's high. Violent crime, that's high. Ours is 388 per 100,000. And Rapid City, Rapid City, 495 violent crimes per 100,000 residents in 2016. So keep that in mind as we go forward with our municipal elections and our conversation about the quality of life here in the best little city in America. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can't agree or disagree with me, Patrick at KSO.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Pilali Show and respond there. Love to hear from you. Coming up after the break, it's the common man for weird friends. That's the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And as we've been wont to do, introducing the weird friends these past few days, I give you Irish descendants. Come out, you black and tans. I was born in the Dublin street where the loyal runs do be. And the loving English people walked all over us. And every single night when the child would come home tight, he'd invite the neighbors out with his chorus. Oh, and that brings in, of course, my friend, my uh, weird friend, the common man. Common man, ah, that just gets it going, doesn't it? But 50% of me was just fired up. <laughs> And the other 50% was, yeah. oh, was uh, offended. The German side was like, I don't get it. <laughs> Ach, du lieber. There, that's, that's exactly well, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're always good for a fight, too, I understand. So. Yeah, well, that's true. Hey, uh, uh, you are you prepping? You ready? You ready for the big weekend? You got I plans? I am so excited because St. Patrick's Day lands on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. It's Not only is it on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th, Mm-hmm. But it's also on the Chamber of Commerce, St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. Yeah. So that's like, you know, a a super blood moon <laughs> coinciding with a bomb cyclone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and to me, I think, because then you get the the really Irish people and then the Irish for a day people. Mm-hmm. And they, and it, you know, there's a collision there that's going to get, that could get ugly. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't relish being downtown at... Ten thirty on on Saturday night. No, you got to get out early. Do we call that Irish Amateur Hour? Yes, that is Irish Amateur Hour. Be out by dawn, laddie, <laughs> or by pros, by sunset. The pros will have taken it 
someplace else. Yeah. You know, and there are very few of us now that are actually all Irish in our generation, you know. We came along too late. So that's okay, though. We can, we got, you know, we're raised Irish, and that's what's important. <laughs> but right. And I was thinking about it, and I always have my little tradition, you know, which is I like to, I like to, there's Irish movies that I like to watch around this time of year to kind of get you, get your Irish funk on. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is always The Quiet Man with John oh, Wayne. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. You know, excellent brawl at the end, you know, and, and uh, you know, there'll be no walls between us, Mary Kate Donahue. <laughs> you know, that's pretty fantastic. You know, you, you, you got to like that. Do you, do you have a particular Irish movie favorite, Patrick? Uh, I've I've really uh, grown attached to Wind That Shakes the Barley, which is just a straight up the guy. If anybody's watched Peaky Blinders, the lead in Peaky Blinders, uh, Cillian uh, Murphy. Cillian Murphy. It's uh, one of his movies from before he was famous, and. Uh, I didn't know that until I saw Peaky Blinders. I'm like, where do I know that guy from? And it was when he was a young man. And it's a movie about a, a guy who's going to go off to uh, medical school. He's Irish and goes home to see his family. And he gets, uh, his, he gets caught up in, in a thing with the black and tans and ends up joining the IRA. Oh, so, sure. Throw uh, away his yep. good future to, it, yeah. because of his blood. Yes. You don't understand. He's torn between two worlds, you know. See, but you, like me, when you watch those movies... You have to turn the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. When Barry Fitzgerald talks in Quiet Man, yeah. I know that's funny. I'm going to laugh anyway. I don't know what he said. <laughs> and the commitments, you mentioned that one earlier. Oh, the commitments. Same thing. But it's... Yeah, I mean, you know they're swearing, but I'm not exactly sure how it's all connected. <laughs> that's a great one. What what other ones you got? <clears throat> oh, there's the one, The Field... It's got Richard Harris in it, and it's, and it's one of these dark, you know, this is, he inherits, it's a, a struggle between a man and his son about a field that they own or have claim to, and, and oh, God, it just gets some good secret, deep, dark Irish family uh, underpinnings to it that's just, it's it's an awesome, awesome movie. I think, of course, you got, you just watch anything with Daniel Day-Lewis in it, you got your My Left Foot. Oh, yeah. You know, you got your, your uh, well, Angela's Ashes, that's always yeah, a good one, too. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And if you're keeping it light, you can always watch Derby O'Kill in the Little People. <laughs> you know, I, one I just remembered was uh, uh, Liam Neeson did the biopic of uh, James Conley. That's pretty good. Oh, did uh, yeah. I saw Kevin Speed, or what's, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't remember the guy from... Uh, this is sad when you can't remember somebody's name. Oh, like, no, like, it is lost. sad. Um, he's, he does impressions... Of uh, anyway, he did. He just he did his Liam Neeson impression. He says, "Here's how I get. Here's how I channel Liam Neeson. I say the word bananas. <laughs> so I say it like Liam Neeson was comes out bananas. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm Liam. I'm Liam Neeson. He's made some good movies too, though. He's kind of got off the edge with this weird stuff he's doing now, but he made some good Irish music movies Indeed. back in the day. So now, of course, the big excitement too now is we got to get. NCAA basketball. Oh yeah, coming up too. Yeah, so the 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 sort of uh, popular pick right now is to take uh, your South Dakota State Jackrabbits over Ohio State because they got a twelve seed. Well, you know that's that's the one of the oldest cliches in picking is you know, at least one twelve seed is going to be a five. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of show a little hint of respect for the program that yeah, they actually are whatever. starting to get a twelve seed now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But in Ohio State, it's just ten ply soft. Yeah, that is that is a, that is a, 
a sexy pick if ever there was one. Yeah, I heard uh, Michael Wilbon on the Tony Kornheiser show today. He he picked rep. He picked SDSU straight up. Said count on it. So there you go. Yeah, you can book it. But so do you? I mean, are you a, a bracketologist? No, I'm Neither. a guessatologist. Well, I mean, I I filled I given up filling up on brackets altogether. Period. Just quit. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Because we had a pool in my family, mm-hmm. you know, wife, son, daughter, four people. Mm-hmm. I finished dead last. <laughs> and I know more about college basketball than a lot of people. And I just got smoked and just humiliated by my bride. Yes. And so I had to hand over my dollar, you know, for our, teaching the kids to gamble at an early age. Yeah, never again, important. right? Never again. A- after that happened three years in a row, I, was, <laughs> I said, you know, when am I going to learn? Yeah, that's good. Well, are you going to pick SDSU? I will. All right. It is It is the sexy pick this week. We'll see how it turns out. I hey, can, well, yeah, you got it, kind of. Yeah, I don't. Did you, uh, <laughs> did, you, did you bring a joke for me, dude? <clears throat> well, how about the one from yesterday? We, we, we were chatting. Did you like that one? I, was it one of them that we could tell? Yes. Well, it was the one about the, the kid eating candy bars. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Yeah, so kids eating candy bars, one after the other. One after the one. He's got six of them in his hand. Older gentleman walks by them, sees them on the park bench, chowing these candy bars down. He says, son, candy bars. You, know, you eat that many candy bars, you're going to get diabetes, you're going to get fat, you're going to get sick. So really, really bad for your health. Kid looks up and says, my grandfather lived to be 107 years old. And the old man looks at him and says, well, did he eat candy bars every day? He goes, no, but he knew how to mind his own damn business. <laughs> Oops. Oops. There it is. <laughs> that was, boy, that was a yeah, the, the, the drummer fell on his cymbal right there at the beginning, but he, he knocked her down at the end. I think that's all that's important. Uh, Common Man, uh, thanks a lot, and we'll see you out on the streets, eh? Absolutely, Patrick. We'll take it to him. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with Teddy Mueller. He's with, she's with, she's with, sorry, she's with South Dakota Corn, and they've got a big food drive coming up with the Sky Force on Saturday night. It's Corn Night. Corn night at the Sky Force. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 347 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And it's corn night at the Sioux Falls Sky Force on Saturday night. So we brought in none other than marketing director for South Dakota Corn. Teddy Mueller. Teddy, thanks for taking a few moments to chat with us today. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I saw somewhere like uh, Skyforce night or corn night at the Skyforce game uh, with voice of the Skyforce, Dan Peters, of course. Let's not ever forget that, who's in studio today. Um, but uh, I saw there, there could be special jerseys. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Tell us about this South Dakota, South Dakota corn or corn night at the Skyforce. What's going on? So this is, we've started this, I don't even know how many years it's been. It seems like time flies by, but um, I think we're like on our fifth or sixth year of where we've kind of trying to get that message out about agriculture in South Dakota. So this was a great way for us to team up. We've kind of taken on to the sports aspect of educating people that might be removed, generations removed from farming, to just kind of remind them that this state, the economy, you know, thrives because of agriculture. And so it's a way for us to, one, 
give notice to the number one industry, but then two, also educate people, and three, give back to a nonprofit that is near and dear to our heart, which would be Feeding South Dakota. So it kind of is a three-prong um, educational promotional event. And so it's Saturday night at the Sky Force game. Uh, so if I want to participate in the food drive, what do I do? So there is, um, they will have uh, buckets up or barrels up at the game that they can um, give, you know, actually bring food in. But then there's also where they're raffling off the jerseys that <laughs> there are different jerseys that these guys are going to wear. Actually, it's not just the jersey, it's the whole thing. And every year, sometimes they're so ridiculously weird that it's, it totally draws attention to the, <laughs> to the event because they're running around in these things that look like corn cobs. Yeah, but, exactly. That's what right? I was going to say. It, they're, they're totally different. And I have to tell you, they, people have caught on to this and I get stopped all the time. They're like, when are they doing that night? Cause I have one from every year. And it's a weird, it's, it's a kind of a fun thing that's just taken off. So they'll ra- they'll actually raffle those off. And I think I just got an email not too long ago from the Sky Forest. They've had eight of them sold online already. So they raffle those off and then are auction those off, and then the money goes back to Feeding South Dakota. So that we actually can physically write them a check, which is way more powerful for that organization because their buying power is so much bigger than what you and I could do at a grocery store. So we always try to focus on getting actual physical hard dollars to them because they can go so much further than we can. Absolutely. And of course, Feeding South Dakota has grown tremendously over the last few years to the point where they've got a new warehouse and they're just, uh, the the need is so great. Um, and they just continue to grow because the need continues to grow. Um, so in terms, do you know, uh, have any idea how much you've raised for Feeding South Dakota over the past few years? Oh my gosh. Um, every year we try to beat, we're eking up like on that year where we write a check is close to a hundred thousand. Mm. So, um, you know, we want to try to get over that hump and we do a lot like with Skyforce and we do some stuff with the, um, USD, SDSU and just doing other events at anything that we can get out in front of people with Feeding South Dakota to help match because we match all those dollars. So we're eking up towards hopefully this year we'll be really close to $100,000 that we'll write them at the end of the year. I would love it if it was over that. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, we're growing the program. We've been doing this for a couple of years, so we're growing that program more and more. But um, we're hoping that we can write bigger checks every year because we will match those dollars in, uh, in getting out to more events if there's something that we can grab onto to help them message and get their their name out more. But like you said, they've grown so much over the past few years. I remember when I just first heard about them, and you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, and they're in that tiny place, and they all of a sudden are just booming. So yep. it's kind of cool. But I, as far as over the years, I don't know. Hmm. Well, uh, that's, but, uh, uh, you know, Approaching a hundred thousand dollar check is a lot. That's a yes. lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So uh, we're talking with Teddy Mueller. She's the marketing director for South Dakota Corn. Is it South Dakota Corn? Is that the official name of the organization now? You, you know, for people outside of agriculture, yes. Um, the ones that are in ag will be more. Um, we have the Corn Utilization Council, mm-hmm. which does all the promotion, research, and market development. And that is the one that is a checkoff side, and they operate on um, every bushel that's sold in the state of South Dakota, a penny is remitted to us, and then that's where we can operate on there. And then you have the other side, which is the South Dakota Corn Growers, which does all the policy work. So we each, everybody in this office works for two organizations, so we wear multiple hats and walk a fine line between the two, you know, when we're doing council stuff versus grower stuff. But 
to the general public, because they don't have to know that split, that's when we switched to just South Dakota corn, because it didn't matter. Yes. And the education efforts, it's more about the messaging than it is about the two separate organizations. But when you're in the farming world, per se, then we have different ads. Yeah, if I'm a, if I'm an actual corn farmer, I probably know the difference, right? Right, um, right. One's a membership base and one's a checkoff base, but yeah, mm-hmm, completely different. I have noticed uh, South Dakota corn's presence in more sporting events. You you mentioned USD and SDSU. Mm-hmm. Don't you sponsor the like the rivalry and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff, games, specific events that I see if I'm watching television or if I'm at that South Dakota corn is a part of it. You're really getting into uh, backing a lot of big athletic events like this Skyforce game on Saturday, aren't you? Yeah, and the reason that we did that is because the mar- you know sports has taken off over the last few years huge, right? And it's all family-orientated. You see families at those games, and those are the type of people that we're trying to reach, the soccer moms and you know the decision of the household and letting them just know what agriculture is doing because we're doing some pretty cool stuff. We don't focus so much on on food versus um, we do about soil health and talking about what we're doing. Farming has changed so much over the years, even since I've been here. I'm going on my 19th year. And what I've seen happen in the ag arena and the conservation efforts that are coming forward, and, you know, we just worked hard on a precision ag bill out at the state legislature um, that this building and um, will happen at SDSU, yep. and this brand-new building will go up there. And you have um, the endless opportunities that are going to come out of that building that will move the dial even further in agriculture. You talk about, you know, spoon-feeding nutrients to plants instead of spraying everywhere all over the field. I mean, we're trying to better everything that we do because water quality is the number, you know, number one on our radar screen as long with, along with soil health. Um, if we mine those soils and we damage those soils, we're done. I mean, that's the most important tool on the farmer's farm is the soil. And so if we can't keep the nutrients and the stuff there that we put down, you know, it's just, it's amazing how it's changed where I think, you know, we tilled up every field that we had in the past and we'd see dirt blowing everywhere. And now it's become no-till and ridge-till and different, all different kind of tilling operations that work for that farm. And it's changed. It's protecting that soil and it's holding that water there. And, And so there's, it's just amazing what we've done. And now we're working with, like, Pheasants Forever and, and Ducks Unlimited and groups that Game Fish and Parks, groups that we've never. Yep, on habitat issues. Yes, yes, yeah. That we've never worked with before. Mm-hmm. And that we're kind of, we were four-letter words to each other in the past. <laughs> and now we're holding hands and we're walking. I would have never thought I would have yeah. seen that come together. We're talking with uh, Teddy Mueller. She's with the marketing director for South Dakota Corn. And the big event is Saturday night at the Skyforce game. It is Corn Night at Skyforce current game. Bring bring a food item and uh, support uh, their efforts to uh, help finance uh, uh, feeding South Dakota. Teddy, thanks a lot for filling us in and, and good luck on Saturday night. Hey, thanks a lot. Coming up next after the news at the top of the hour, we're going to have Phil Shrek from the Severe Weather Center down there at KSFY. And then we'll talk with Jim Eneman, mayoral candidate. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, everybody. This Saturday is also the 10th annual pause to celebrate 6 to 11 at the Hilton Garden Inn downtown. It's a benefit for the Sioux Falls Humane Society. It's a good deal. Get down there. 60 bucks. Use sfhumanesociety.com for more information. Coming up after the news, it's Phil Shrek, KSFY Severe Weather Center, on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
414 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we'll stay in the Irish spirit as we bring in mayoral candidate Jim Eneman. Jim, uh... You, you get into the. I suppose you got to go to the parade. You're, you're well, a mayoral yeah, candidate. Yeah, so. we're, we're going to be in the parade, you know, and I don't have a lot of Irish blood, a little Scotch Irish blood there on my mother's side, you know, a little that's, bit of Irish, but it's pretty thin right now. <laughs> that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Um, the uh, So the, the campaign now, you've been officially in it for several weeks, right? <laughs> officially for several weeks, yeah, since we turned our petitions in the end of February. But yeah, it's going strong and. A lot of forums out there. We've been getting together as candidates and telling our stories and um, a lot of stuff going on, a lot more to go. You know, we're, we're down now to a month to go. April 10th is our election. Yep. How are you sleeping? Uh, really well. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you're exhausted by the, by the time you get home. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to start with something uh, that I was talking about earlier in the show and it's become, um, and we've talked about it in the past, it's become a bigger and bigger issue, it seems like as the campaign's gone on, and that's crime. And it, it, it's in every conversation. Um, earlier in the show, I was talking about how a recent report put us number two in increase in crime over the last five, five years. It was a USA Today story, and it's making the rounds. Do you think that the response to uh, crime has actually been outsized at all, given what the reality of crime is in this city? You know, I think our response to crime has been pretty decent. There's a couple of factors we have here. About about six years ago, four to six years ago, uh, we had, you know, over a two-year time period in Sioux Falls, we had about 32 police officers over a, a two-year time period reti- retire. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were senior officers that had made careers of our Sioux Falls Police Department, great guys, but they all retired. Well, you just don't snap your fingers and repl- replace those officers overnight. Um, just this year, we finally reached that point of where we were about four years ago as far as staffing levels go. Um, you know, we I think the plan going forward, the chief has, he's he's got six to ten officers a year. He plans on training. Uh, you know, we got retirements of senior officers coming up. So I think we're in a good position now as far as current staffing levels. I think as we go forward, however, we're growing at about, what, 3,900 to 4,300 people mm-hmm. on average a year. That's the average for the past 10 years. So the next mayor is going to have to look at where our projections are and ensure that we've got a plan ready to respond and ready to get the officers that we need as we continue to grow. So we do need to look at growth going forward. You know, we're really fortunate. We do have a drug uh, task force right here in Minnehaha County, uh, and it's, it includes members of our Sioux Falls Police Department, the Sheriff's Unit, and DCI, you know, the state agencies. Um, they're in our public service building downtown, um, and they really interact well with the feds also. So uh, we've got a good group of people that are actively pursuing uh, both distribution channels as well as the, the, the distribu- distributors out there for drugs, so they're working hard at it. Um, and there's also an initiative that I believe we need to continue to. It's great to be able to arrest people for drugs and those kinds of things, but if you're cutting them loose again, which is kind of the way it is right now, it, you're not really going to gain much, right? But we also need to look at, at those uh, people out there that are continue to uh, be ticketed or picked up. And uh, I know the county and the and the city have been looking at what they call a triage center, which is, you know, if you get, if you 
pick somebody up downtown, a police officer, instead of putting them in the system right away, you know, if they're drunk or if they're, you know, if they're strung out a little bit, we can take them to a triage center, get them some some psychiatric help, get them some counseling services that they might possibly need, and see if we can help to rehabilitate. So we need to look at that a little bit more, not just arresting people and kicking them out. Uh, hiring more police officers certainly isn't necessarily going to ca- tr- solve a, a, a drug problem. No, it isn't really. And I, and I talked to the sheriff about this here just recently. And the sheriff says, you know, Jim, it'd be nice to be able to hire a few more officers possibly. Same way with the Sioux Falls Police Department. But part of what we got to do is to figure out with the drug problem, we do need to figure out what we can do to help assist these people with some counseling. So there's some, some social services that need to go along with this too. In my conversations with the, the sheriff, uh, because they run the jail, a high percentage of the people who are in jail have uh, uh, either diagnosed or undiagnosed mental illness. Yeah, right. And they can't provide those services in the jail. Correct. And there's nowhere else to send them. Right. What is the city possibly going to do about that? Well, again, what I'm talking about is this triage center. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be key. The city's going to have to help direct it. And it's going to have to be one well, of those the city, public... The city has, has often stepped aside nah, when it's a jail issue. You know, you know what I'm saying. Well, I understand what you mean. Specific the to the jail. Specifically, yes. I understand that because by state statute, by law, that's the county's responsibility. I understand that. But this triage center, I think that this is one thing that we need to continue to drive forward. And by the way, it's going to be actually, it's going to be actually uh, one of those private par- public partnerships mm-hmm. that we need to look at because we got to also bring to the table Avera and Sanford, which they're already at the table on this, but also the VA hospital, because we all know that some of our vets that we have out there have got some issues with this too. And I would agree with you, Patrick, we can't step away from the jail. We need to be in contact with the leadership at the county level, and we need to meet with them on an ongoing basis to understand what all of our pr- problems are, what all of our pressures are on our systems. I know our staff work real good together, but we need to make sure that the people that are in the administration do the same thing. Don't Part of this is the state responsibility, because as you said, statutorily, it's the county's problem and the city doesn't have to do anything. But wouldn't it help the county and help the city if you had a more unified front in terms of going to the legislature and going to the governor and going to the chief justice of the Supreme Court and saying, hey, this is you, we're talking about the, the the largest jail in the largest metropolitan area in your in your state. And you're not funding the county to the degree to which that they can do their job. And the city is not saying that to the state. No. And we need to do that. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. We really do need that. Look at it. Uh, Sioux Falls is a big gorilla in the room, right? Both mm-hmm. for Lincoln County and for Minnehaha County. Absolutely. So we need to have an understanding working with the specific governments. You know, one of the things I've talked about recently is that as the mayor of this city, I really truly believe that it is my responsibility to walk to work with the administrations of both counties, get together with them, uh, set up a meeting schedule so we can get to talk and talk about some of the joint issues and that we have out there. Uh, also with our state representatives, I really think that the city should really make an effort Uh, at least twice a year to kind of give them a state of the city update in that group should be not just the administration of the city of Sioux Falls, but we should also include the development foundation, the chamber of commerce, because they're helping with development. And we shall also need to include in that discussion a little bit. We should also have a community health involved with that because they're dealing with a lot of issues that we get state money for. Right? So here we are, we generate a third of all revenues in the state of South Dakota come out of the city of Sioux Falls. We need to make sure that our legislators understand what, 
the city needs, what their citizens need in the Sioux Falls area, what we need to be successful at continuing to raise the revenues we have and taking care of those people, whether it's through law enforcement, through other social programs, they need to have an understanding of what we need, the citizens of Sioux Falls and Minnehaha and Lincoln County, what we need to be successful at our jobs. This The cooperation issue, while everybody sort of sits down and says nice things about each other, the, it historically, you'll admit that the city has not uh, uh, backed the county in any they say nice things about each other, but when it when it comes down to it, everybody's trying to get their own piece of the pie. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. Now, I'll talk about revenues. The only thing that we have to generate, the city has, we get a small portion of the, of the uh, property tax, and then we live, of course, on sales tax, you know, mm-hmm. our two-cent sales tax. The county, you know, most of what they get is just that property tax that's out there and a few other things that come through. Not very much. So the revenues are always going to be challenged. And we still live under a property tax cap that was put in place in in, under the Janklow administration. Yeah, we've been fortunate the county has been because they've had had a couple of opt outs and they've been able to get through with those to to improve those services that they have. But we do need you're right. We need to talk about this. We need to look at other avenues and venues out there, realizing it's not going to be just the governments are going to make this happen, by the way. It's got to be the public has to got to be involved in this, too. It's about our community that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. It's not about one entity government entity over the other going back to the crime rate for just a second uh and we're talking with jim Miniman, mayoral candidate for the city of sioux falls in the april 10 first round of elections by the way april 10 um this this is striking to me okay in that our rate of increase in the city was 80 percent over five years but we are still at the average nationwide the crime rate in at 388 per 100,000. Now, every crime is too many crimes, but Rapid Cities is 496 per 100,000. So our crime rate, their crime rate is 25% higher than ours. Why is it that people think in this city that crime is out of control sometimes? I don't think they think it's out of control, Patrick. I think what, do you what hear they're concerned people? about, yeah. what I'm hearing about, yeah. people are concerned about that. For the most part, when I talk to people out there today, you know, there's two issues that come up. First of all, people are pretty satisfied with Sioux Falls and the direction that we're going and with their lives here in Sioux Falls. However, there are some challenges. One of them is top of mind, believe it or not, is not the crime. Top of mind is having good paying jobs. That's what people continue to want. Second is crime or safety, whatever, however you want to talk about it. It's a safety issue. Everybody wants to be safe in their communities. They want safe housing. They want a safe workplace. They want our kids to be safe in schools. Do you think people feel unsafe? No, I don't think they do. I think that they're just guarded. I mean, look at the media that's out there. All you hear about is crime. We hear about drugs all the time. Mm -hmm. That's driving top of mind awareness. And there's nothing wrong with that. I talked with the sheriff, Sheriff Milstead. You know, he's been hammering home. Our crime is increasing. Meth is terrible. It destroys the mind. It's just terrible. Um, And, of course, the opioid addictions that we have. I know our public health systems, the hospital systems are working on that constantly uh, to to make sure that they can get by not having counterfeit scripts, uh, all those kinds of things. Just over-prescribing, which is something that was clearly happening. Sanford admits that that was happening. It was happening, but I think they've all got programs now that are dealing with that. And because, again, it's driven by top of mind. But, of course, then what's the top one of opioids? It's heroin, right? It's it's getting that in here. And if people need that higher high, that's what they're going to go for. So there's a lot of effort being done. I think that part of it is treatment. 
like we had talked about. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to give people options, especially our young people. You know, I had a chance to be a keynote speaker at drug court here, and I was listening to the four graduates that were in drug court that time. One of the young men that's in there is so happy. He's gone through this drug court. He's been sober for 175 days. He's got a house back. He's got his job, and his kids are living with him again. But he got addicted to drug at, drugs at age eight. Mm is when he got hooked on drugs because of his parents. Yeah. We're here with Jim Eneman. He is a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls, and we're going to come right back and continue this conversation after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-three on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are continuing our conversation with Sioux Falls mayoral candidate, Jim Eneman. And uh, Jim, of course, you uh, served one term on the council. Yeah. Uh, you take some heat for only serving one. Not heat. <laughs> people mention it. I'll say people mention the fact that, well, you know, you only wanted to do one term. Why did you only do one term? Well, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Well, I did one term. But, you know, Patrick, back in the 1980s, 1990s, I served 15 years on the city council out in Brandon, South Dakota, when we worked there. Mm-hmm. And then turn of the century, my wife and I and, and uh my kids, we moved back into Sioux Falls uh, because our business is growing by leaps and bounds. Well, and part of the reason I didn't run for a second term, Patrick, was because we bought Harley-Davidson of Fargo, mm-hmm. right? And we had to build a new store. We were working on the secession plan for our business. And I could not do justice to the citizens of Sioux Falls by being on the city council and then trying to build a new facility up in Fargo trying to work on the secession plan and my son's buying my brother out. I just could not, there just wasn't enough time to be able to do that. Yeah. And so it's I not back, a part, man. it's not a, just a part-time job. No, it is not a part-time job. And, and I, and I stood back, you make of it what you want to make of it. And mm-hmm. I was very serious about serving the people of Sioux Falls. So we stepped back, uh, the transition in our business has taken over. We're up and running at all of our dealerships. Now my sons have assumed the reins of all of our companies. Uh, so now that allows me to my true passion, which is serve the citizens of Sioux Falls. You know, we have a great community here. And to me, election and serving on the either the city council or as a mayor or as a county commissioner, it's about our community and what we can do as a group, all of us together, working together to be able to improve our community and take us on into the future. Let me ask you about a couple of uh, sort of hot button issues right now. Uh, we talked about crime in the first segment. Mm-hmm. Um, the noise ordinance has become a big deal, okay? It's always wild how the things you don't expect become big deals. But this is a serious problem at this point. 55 decibels, does that need to be raised? You know what? I'm not sure. They've got some studies undergoing it right now, looking to other communities. There's a lot of discussion going on in the community, and I think that's where it should be. You know, the live, work, play is going to create a whole sense of change in our downtown area. You know, if people want to live down there, uh, you know, there's some, they got to, there's going to be more, a little bit more noise down there, right? Especially if there's concerts and all mm-hmm. these things going on inside. Uh, they need to look at that more. I'm not really dialed in. I don't have any of the information other than what we hear in the news media at this point in time. We do need to take a look at it. I mean, let's face it, your cycle and my cycle make different noises too, don't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. And in the summertime, I'll tell you what happens to us in our business with the with sound noises. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, when people start leaving their windows open, the whole dynamics change again, right? When you can hear everything that's going on out there. So we do need to take a look at it and see where we need to make some improvements. And you and I have talked about this. Uh, uh, I wrote, once wrote a column about, a couple of columns about <laughs> Harley noise. And what was... And I always want to point out to people, when they go off the floor at JNL or wherever, they're legal. 
Yes, they are. They're legal. And when people get them and then they put aftermarket pipes on them, they're illegal. Yeah, people people like to hear the, their motorcycles, especially a Harley-Davidson, and they change the way they sound a little bit. You know, it's just the way it is, the, unfortunately. And, of course, think, then if you're being stupid and you want to really right. wrap out the throttle, then that's even worse. And that's right? the problem, right? It's, yeah. it's always people who are abusing the system. Exactly. Do you worry that you're going to get the, 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 the Harley industry, which you still have connections to, <laughs> is going to get tied up in this conversation about noise ordinance? Hey, it happens every year, Patrick. <laughs> I should have changed today. No, and that's a little tongue-in-cheek there. But yeah. you know what? I don't think it will. Uh, our city police department, we've been dealing with noises forever. There's a method by which we track that noise. There's a method by which you can get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those kinds of things. We've been dealing with it for years, and I think we have a pretty good understanding of what happens. But you're not against, you're open to raising that limit a little bit for nighttime, downtown uh, uh, levels, like an entertainment carve-out at some measure. So you'd have different standards because it is different if you're living in the southeast, southwest part of town than if you're living in a condo or an apartment loft above a, a bar downtown. Yeah, you know, there are things too, you know, like when we have events downtown, we have to get a noise permit, right? Mm-hmm. Because that way we for have For Hot to, Harley Nights. Well, for, for Hot Harley Nights or any event that has an outdoor event downtown. If you've got live music and stuff, and in that you get a noise permit, they have a start time and you, yeah. you identify your finish time. There are noise ordinance after, I think it's, you can't be so loud after 11 o'clock at night outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a number of things. And I think, do we need to look at them again? Sure we do. But we do need to understand what the dynamics are. And we need to talk to the downtown Sioux Falls people. We need to t- talk to the developers down there. Everybody needs to be on the same page. You think there is, there is a way to find the solution here. I sure bet. It's not is. shutting down uh, Icon or no, it's kicking not. out people out no. of the law. The Icon has done some great stuff yeah. in downtown Sioux Falls over the years. It's been a great venue. My daughter got married in the Icon. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of our friends that have had receptions and stuff down there. It's a great facility, too. And it adds to the downtown Sioux Falls. Hey, here's a quick one. Uh-oh. Herpetology. What the heck is that? <laughs> no, the snake. The people with the snakes and the lizards and such. Okay? You can't have the city. No, no, this is serious. The city ordinance does not allow animals that are from outside the country. So, like, all our pet stores are out of compliance with the ordinance. I told you it was a short one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Isn't that wild, though? I mean, I did not know anything about this until we had the herpetologists on. Yeah. And they, their animals are all illegal. Yeah. And that's, you know, so people have boas and they have these different things that are not native. And do you think that that's, there's a way to find our path through that? You know what? I don't know. But here's what I do know. When we have an event downtown, we can identify who it is that's permitted there. And we can also say, because if we have, say, in Falls Park West, say you have 5,000 people down there in the park, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it is your event, and you're paying the license fees and whatever. And we, we, we do not permit outside vendors. We ask people to keep all their pets at home, whether they're dogs, cats, or snakes, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if somebody shows up with one, and we post signs for that, and if somebody shows up with one, we ask them to take it away, please. Well, that's what we do, Patrick. I, because we up, get a lot of people yeah. down there that are afraid of of snakes. Well, these they can't even have them cats, in their homes. But they can't even have them in their homes. Right. You, it's going to come to your desk if you. If well, you if it comes there. to my desk, we'll have to deal with it then. All you right. bet. Um, we're going to come right back because I want to leave enough time to get to some of these other questions. You bet, my friend. So we'll cut it short. We'll cut it off here. We'll come right back. Talk with Jim Eneman. He is a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the best little city in America. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. 444 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Bring the energy down a little bit here with some Wilco <laughs> for 
Jim Eneman, just to soothe his frayed nerves. Oh, frayed nerves. No, not you're, here with you, buddy. No, it's doing, always good. You're doing good. It's always good. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, let's talk about growth for a second. Yeah. And I, I had a, there was a gentleman in town the other day, uh, Charles uh, Marone, who was with uh, uh, Strong Towns, and we're talking about we've been talking about growth and the kind of growth that we're having in our in our community. Are we getting too big spatially and do we need to work on higher density in our city to keep us from outstripping our supply essentially? Cuz it's co- growth costs money. Don't Yeah. Yeah, growth does cost money and when we talked a little bit earlier too about about how the city lives and our responsibilities of, of the government of the Sioux Falls uh, to the people. And of course, you talk about infrastructure, infrastructure development, you know, uh, and you talk about streets. Those are key things that the city has to provide for. We have to provide for the, for the safety of our citizens through police departments, Sioux Falls Fire Rescue and Community Health. Uh, we have to do that. And then we need to look at our revenues and see what's left over, you know, to how we're going to plan amenities that we need for lifestyle amenities or whatever op- other opportunities we might have to partner with somebody. So do we need do we need to plan for higher density? You know, we've started that, and I think we're doing a good job in our downtown area. You know, we had talked a little bit about some of the issues that have now popped up in downtown Sioux Falls, but that live, work, play th- concept is there, and we're seeing more development continue. Uh, I think that's going to continue. I think we need to look towards the development of the River River Greenway because that is an asset that only we have in Sioux Falls mm-hmm. with the Sioux River running through us. You know, we only we in Sioux Falls have the Sioux River mm-hmm. as part of its community. Around us. Around creating, us. Creates the, the island. Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about like our bike path and yep. a number of those different kinds of things. We need to continue to be progressive, have progressive thoughts and think about it. But we also have to be realists to understand that development takes private investment. And when people make private investment, they need to be profitable at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's where the government can come in. We can help bring some of the assets that are needed for good development. So we need to continue to talk about those things and see where those opportunities exist for, for government, for the city, and the administration to be involved with that plan. Are we doing enough to uh, make it attractive enough to rehab uh, core properties uh, or completely rebuild? I'm thinking about, and I just happen to know about this one because I know somebody involved, there's a uh, kind of a townhouse unit going up right behind Slim Chicken. It's yeah, built. Yeah, it's yeah. on Spring Avenue yeah. off 22nd Street. This yeah. is not what most developers would target, but that's higher density housing. It's new housing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot of that. Is is there? Are we doing enough in that realm to make that attractive, or is that out of the city's control? At some you know, I don't think it is out of the city's control. I th- I think. In my administration, what we'll do, we'll bring people together to have a lot of discussion about the private developers, what they need to have affordable housing. I think what we're talking about is affordable housing. We're talking about two different things here. Well, it's a mix. It's exactly right. It's a mix because you have multifamily housing and affordable housing, right? Um, The Lloyd Properties just did a great one where they had where rents were going to run anywhere from $400 to $800 a month, depending upon what your ability was That's to reasonable. make that payment. Very reasonable. We need to do the same thing with existing housing, with single-family housing too. But we need to understand what the developers need and then what assets can the city come to provide. For example, uh, building permits. We all know that time is money in the building business. We need to make sure that we have a good way that if we can accelerate the, the permitting process, 
continue to provide the protections for the citizens, but accelerate that somehow. Uh, we need to look at other areas yet to be defined, quite honestly. You know, where do TIFs and where do tax abatements fall in? That's usually with commercial, but is there room for those in, in housing too? So we need to just sit down as a group. I need to get a better understanding of what's out there. You know, I've dealt with that before serving on this city council, but we need to look at everything and make sure that all the incentives that we have for our developing development community are up to date and are current because a lot of these programs were set up 20, 30 years ago. So we just need to make sure they're, they're modernized and see what is the best way to implement this stuff and look towards that redevelopment, no doubt about it. We're here with Jim, Jim Eneman. He's a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls in the April 10 election. Uh, speaking of commercial development, let's talk about legacy for a second. Would you, uh, and the it's the multi-use, or uh, the PPP, the public-private partnership, mm-hmm. downtown, the, the, the village on the river project that's come under some scrutiny because of the uh, criminal investigation that's going on with Hulker and construction. It's tied to legacy, all that. I'm just... Somebody doesn't know about it. You're going to have to Google it. But should we revisit that contract that we have with Legacy in that public-private partnership to develop that property? Well, that's a good question. And I made a statement about that uh, when Hulkren was still involved with it that, quite honestly, I don't know that the city at that point in time had all the information that was available to what had transpired uh, a year earlier uh, with the development that was going on in downtown um, that being said, they made the proposal, the council accepted it. And in that contract that they had, it's my understanding that they were able to put together, which was perfectly acceptable, another entity, which was the primary contractor and the ones that brought forward the money. And it's my understanding they did that under the law. Should we go back and look at it right now? I'm here to tell you I don't think so. I think uh the process was followed that was appropriate. I think we see now that we've got some very good people in there as part of that development group, and they have a responsibility to their investors to be successful in what they're doing. The contractor that they have for that uh, is a very reputable contractor. Uh, this is a complete different project than what was happening downtown, and of course the city's involved with that. Uh, you know, the first four levels are parking ramp, public parking facility that the city's involved with, um, and I think that there's plenty of ties now to this project since it is a public-private parking partnership the city's going to have the right to take a look at the books as we go forward with this you know everything's got to be up to par before they get a, before they get their occupancy permits um, and i agree with the concept of the project that's going down there and i don't know of anybody that has disagreed with it uh, were things followed or would i have done it differently yes i think i probably would have yes i would have uh, now, but, there but, wasn't the original plan there was an rfp got turned into an rfq yeah. ideally would you have just done an rfp you know what? I like RFPs. <laughs> to me, it's my understanding a developer invests significant amounts of the dollars in an RFP process to determine exactly what their construction costs are going to be, okay? Um, and knowing what those construction costs are then determines what your financing is going to do or what you're going to have to do to get the financing. Um, I can deal with that. I like that. I like to have the facts up front like that. RFQ, it's just a a request for a proposal to come in, and then you have to negotiate everything after the fact, and you're not exactly sure what's all involved. Uh, I need to have a better understanding of those two processes, but personally myself, I like the RFP and the way that it's been. Uh, We're going to have to look into that more. Is that? Do you think that that fact that was an RFQ and everything that's happened since that nobody could have foreseen – but now the RFQ sort of adds this air of, 
I don't know, that, that we don't know everything. Well, I think the contract itself has been negotiated, so I think we know, the city knows where they're at in it right now. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, when you come out with an RFQ, there is no set contract with an RFQ or right. an RFP just, until you, it's accepted and you have a chance to review it. But I don't like that, That uh, you know, we think it's going to cost this and this is what it's going to tend no, to be. No, the RFP, like. you have may, way more details. You have a lot more detail on it, yes. And the RFQ in this the was it no that was the it's a best guess. guess yeah we there and we don't get a lot of time to look at it the council doesn't and the public gets doesn't get to see it there's very little public input in yeah. that rfq yeah. process yeah. yeah uh and i think that even though it's all up and up in terms of legality there's an air of suspicion yeah so here's what i would do and here's what i have done i have put up right now i've spent my money and i've developed you know you talk about transparency, communication, and this is what it falls under. So I have a website called buildingsufalls.com right now, and that's my concept. You can get on and you can check it out. It's called buildingsufalls.com. It's my concept of how we're going to communicate with our citizens how we are going to spend their money. I've identified four areas in there that are very ha- heavy capital investment areas. One of them is community development, which is what we're just talking about mm-hmm. downtown. It's that public-private partnership thing, right? Another would be safety, and that would fall into police and fire the reason i brought that up as a discussion point in the future because we are going to be building a new uh, fire station here Mm -hmm. in the future it's in the cip plan and there's also talk about a possible uh secondary police station so it's a great thing that i've got what's it called again it's called building and uh uh dan peters is gonna throw that up on the twitter feed for you how's that sound that sounds peel alley show jim always a pleasure to talk to you we've been all over the board we missed all kinds of stuff but you know, we'll, we'll try it again. We'll try to do better next time. How's Patrick, it's great conversation. I really enjoy it. Thank you very much. We'll be right back to finish up here on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. I don't know if you folks have heard about this or not, but Saturday St. Patrick's Day. And you know what we have on St. Patrick's Day in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? We have a parade. We have a great parade. 2 p.m. downtown on Phillips Avenue. The annual painting of the Shamrock takes place at 9th and Phillips at 11 a.m. Get on board, everybody. It's going to be a great day. Looking forward to it. Hey, coming up tomorrow, Jolene Mitchell. She's an occupational therapist with Sanford Health talking about over-the-road truck driver health and wellness. Corey Heidelberger will be with us from Dakota Free Press. Tim Evans of the Sioux Falls Sports Authority will catch us up on all the basketball tournaments. And the Boon Man, we'll see you all tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.